Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Thursday, June the 28th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we have exact dates for open training camp dates as we are now just one month away from Dolphins football. Also, after Germany's crushing defeat in the World Cup, not advancing to the through the group stage for the first time in their history, we will revisit some of the most painful losses in Dolphins history, as well as debunk a growing trend among casual football fans. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you, to quote Ryan Tannehill, to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfulNFL, and the show is at LockedOnFins. Check us out on LockedOnDolphins.com. We have daily content for you guys up there every single day, getting you through the summer months here before football starts. And, of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and the national coverage of your favorite teams. we got a busy show for you guys here on a Thursday. Let's go ahead and kick things off. That's another Miami Dolphins So every single year I get these schedules in April. We all get the schedule in April, I should say. And I'm probably more excited than most for when the schedule comes out. Always been a fun practice for me, a fun day trying to find out when the Dolphins have advantages in the schedule, when they have disadvantages, all that fun stuff. And this last year was a blast. As you guys recall, I was the very first person because of a great inside source that I have. Not Joe Shad, not Omar Kelly, none of these other secondary Dolphins fan sites or podcasts. We at Locked On Dolphins were the first to have the Dolphins complete schedule out on Twitter, but that made this year more fun. But in the past, it's been a lot of fun for me too. Then you get to the preseason schedule, which is basically an afterthought. I don't even understand why they would do that after the regular season schedule comes out. But those are so many months in advance. You were five months away from actual football that it kind of loses a little bit of its bite there a little bit. So The news today of training camp dates, it's not as much sizzle or steak, but it's something that's a little bit more tangible because we are just a month away from it now, and we have some tangible, relevant football dates for you guys as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins. Training camp dates open to the public. The Dolphins will begin practice on 8.30 in the morning, Thursday, July the 26th for day number one, and we'll be on that same schedule through Monday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. July 26th through July the 31st. You can check out a Dolphins practice any of those days. The team has a day off on Tuesday, then it's back for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, August 4th, is the annual team scrimmage at Hard Rock Stadium. Definitely going to have some people turn out for that. And we'll see if we at Locked On Dolphins can get out to practices as well as the scrimmage to see if our credentials get approved from the team themselves. We are still waiting on that. But in the meantime, we have to settle for these little glimpses and clips into the future of what the Dolphins could be. And no one seems to do that better than the video department slash social media team for the Miami Dolphins putting out these excellent little clips, micing the players up, and just giving you a look, a peek behind the curtains for what happens within the Miami Dolphins organization. And they put out one on their Twitter account. It's always on Twitter and Facebook, guys. Whenever you hear me say that, I usually refer to Twitter because that's where I live on Twitter. But check out the Miami Dolphins Twitter account at Miami Dolphins, and you'll find this video of Minka Fitzpatrick and Mike Kosicki mic'd up for a practice 
and it's not a lot, but it's something to get you through. And I took a few notes on it. It's a two and a half minute video, maybe three minute video. And there's a couple of things I noticed. The first one is something we've heard about Minka Fitzpatrick throughout the course of his tenure at Alabama, as well as his early time with the Miami Dolphins. He's just always around the coaches. They were doing the pass catching drill for the DBs where they put the ball through the jugs machine and launch it at them and he's standing there feeding balls into the jugs machine talking to the defensive backs coach Tony Oden you go over to a different drill and you see him hanging out by another coach getting more more work in terms of finding out what he's doing right what he's doing wrong with the coach he's just always asking questions always in the right spot at the right time so it's great to see that I have such high expectations for that guy our first round draft pick the next note was Kenny Stills taking Mike Gusecki aside after a route and telling him a certain way to to lead by example and to take these guys and and tell them what to do and and be a leader of the team and just giving him little nuggets here and there about how to grow both as a professional and as a leader on the team. That was very cool to see. And then Mike Isecki in general, just his freak athleticism that he offers to this football team and to this offense, the way he can pluck those 50-50 balls. He went up and stole one in the corner of the end zone that he had no business catching and the entire team celebrated with him as he went up and celebrated with David Fales, thought he was going to jump over Fales when they went and met their backs together up in the air. So that was fun to see. The guys seem to have a lot of energy. There's lots of positive energy floating around practice. Adam Gaze is involved. He goes over to Mike Gusecki in that video and Gusecki says, sup boss, just kind of like a really good player to coach type of relationship that you see developing with even a young guy like Gusecki. And you get the sense that, yeah, they can have their pal around time where they just kind of goof around, but they also, they know when to work and when it's time to be serious and buckle up a chin strap and get to work. So I think there's a good buzz building around Dolphins camp right now, and they're going to come into training camp with that buzz carrying over with them. And don't underestimate how big of an edge having a chip on your shoulder can be every single year we see teams talked down about. I know the Minnesota Vikings last year were not even considered a thought about going to the postseason. The New Orleans Saints, the same vein in that regard. And I picked both of them to go to the postseason last year and I remember a buddy on Facebook laughing me off of Facebook for saying that they were going to go to the postseason and that the Giants weren't going to the postseason I had the Giants right around seven wins I think it was had the Vikings and Saints in double digit wins and he laughed me off off of Facebook that day and I replied to the comment once both those teams locked up playoff bursts and was like so what's what's the deal now so I'll, I'll, I'll talk the trash right back and it just it points to the idea that it, the Jacksonville Jaguars another good example of that It points to the idea that people don't know what's going to happen. So let's ride through the course of the summer. Let's get through training camp. Let's get through preseason before we all jump off a collective bridge as Dolphins fans in 2018. All right, coming up next, I hope you guys have a box of tissues handy as we are going to go over the most painful losses in Dolphins history, as well as talk about the most overstated, possibly irrelevant stat in all of football. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. And before we get into the most painful losses in Dolphins history, at least my version of them, I want to apologize for that bird you guys are hearing in the background, if you're hearing it. I have the windows open because I'm upstairs and it's pretty hot out here, and he is just relentless and not giving up on his barking, whatever the hell that kind of sound is. So if you hear him, I do apologize. I will try to talk louder than him, and we're going to go ahead and play a song in the background of this next segment anyway, so hopefully that drowns him out. But we're going to go ahead and get into the worst losses 
in team history. And I thought of this because of Germany's mishap at the World Cup today on Wednesday as I record this episode. And the fact that they didn't qualify through the group stage, probably the most painful memory in German soccer history for them. So let's go ahead and start. I kind of put this in order chronologically, and then I realized I wanted to shuffle it up. So this is in no particular order. Just going to go ahead and start off with the first one here. And that is in 2002, Week 17, against the New England Patriots. The Dolphins blow an 11-point lead. A 11-point lead with four minutes to go in the game. Dave Wanstead all year would not pass the ball in running situations, would not run the ball in passing situations, always handed the ball to Ricky Williams, and finally had a chance to run the ball and close out a game and decided to put the ball up in the air three times with Jay Fiedler. Jamar Fletcher, a terrible pass interference call that was actually a bad call by the officials, an onside kick recovery. And the Dolphins wound up not only missing out on the playoffs, the two games that ended that season cost them a home a divisional title, a first round bye, and a home game in the divisional round. All that, and then they result in not making the playoffs at all. One of the most talented Dolphins teams I've ever seen. Next one on the list here is the 2013 Jets and Bills game sandwiched together. A 19-0 loss where Ryan Tannehill got banged up and didn't even pass the ball for 100 yards that day. And then a 20-7 loss to end the season to the New York Jets when the game was a win and in for the playoffs type of situation there for Tannehill and the Dolphins. You go back to the Ravens playoff losses, 2008 and 2001. In 2008, Dolphins lose 27-9. Chad Pennington throws four interceptions after being picked off six times all season. And then, of course, the 20-3 loss in 2001 playoffs when the Ravens left the field and pissed all over the Dolphins' field as they were walking off. So good memories there for the Baltimore Ravens, a team that we can never seem to beat, and it goes back to our last playoff losses as well. The 1985 AFC Championship game, Dolphins have six turnovers that lead to 24 points in a 31-14 loss to the New England Patriots, a game the Dolphins had no business losing. Patriots go on to the Super Bowl and just get ran roughshod by the Chicago Bears that year, a team Miami had beaten, the only team that had beaten the Bears that year. And then, of course, the 1984 Super Bowl. How could you leave this one off? Marino's one shot at a title in regards to actually getting to the game. Joe Montana outclasses him in that game and just shreds the Dolphins' defense up and down. Going to continue on with the Dan Marino theme here. 1999 Jacksonville Jaguars AFC Divisional Round. Not a fun game. The game before that was the Seattle Seahawks win in the Kingdom. A big one for me being out here in the Pacific Northwest. Dolphins go down to Jacksonville and just get annihilated by the Jacksonville Jaguars and Mark Brunel in Dan Marino's final game. And the number one, this is why I got out of whack in the order. This is the number one game, and I think that any Dolphins fan would know exactly where I'm going with this. The Monday Night Miracle It is the trump card of Dolphins' hurt and painful losses. They were outscored 30-7 to in the fourth quarter in a game that was eventually won in overtime by the New York Jets. The game would have made the Dolphins 6-1. and Dolphins went on to win the next three games, which would have made them 9-1. and It would have given the Dolphins a first-round bye, a division championship, into the divisional round for a home game, something they haven't had since 1992. Just one time in the modern format have they gotten a first-round bye to the divisional round. So this song playing in the background for you guys is Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. It is describing all of our pain as Dolphins fans. I'm going to go ahead and cut the music as we move on to our next segment here and talk about a statement or a fact or something that gets pointed to all the time and I heard it on a popular NFL podcast the other day talking about playoff wins for quarterbacks and how it's this measuring stick or 
barometer by which I should be judged. It was talking about how Kirk Cousins got a $90 million guaranteed and he's never even won a playoff game. And that's the stat we're talking about is playoff games won. Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Ryan Tannehill, three franchise quarterbacks, three very good quarterbacks that have not won playoff games. And yet you're going to see this stat attached to their lofty contracts and high salaries they get paid every single year as some kind of bogus type of move the NFL has in regards to fluffing up their quarterbacks when they haven't even won playoff games. It's just a bogus stat. You go back to look at what Matt Ryan did in Atlanta. Took him several years to get that first playoff win despite playing very good football down there in Atlanta. Drew Brees didn't win a playoff game until his sixth playoff until his sixth season in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. Mark Sanchez of the New York Jets, he has four playoff wins. Tim Tebow, he won a playoff game. Brian Hoyer won a playoff game in 2016. I could go into this for hours. You guys all know the glorious names that have reached and or won a Super Bowl. All the Rex Grossmans, all the Trent Dilfers. The one this last year for the Patriots with Blake freaking Bortles, if he would have... If it wasn't for that hometown call, the Patriots got Bortles is going to a Super Bowl as the ultimate game manager. But you guys get the point. It's a bad argument. And if someone makes that argument to you, their opinion should forever be invalid when it comes to talking football. All right, guys, we got a little bit more on the, on the podcast here to get to tonight, including a preview of a piece that I have up on LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll do that next. Locked on Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked on Fins. Pressing on into the final segment of our Thursday show here for June 28th on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Travis Wingfield with you guys here, your go-to source for daily Miami Dolphins information, analysis, and breakdowns. And of course, we are talking about the 10 rules for being a Miami Dolphins football fan. It's a satire piece that I wrote up on LockedOnDolphins.com. If you guys are familiar with the Deadspin articles every year, why your team will suck, they're they're funny, they're supposed to be satirical, and they have a little bit of truth in them too, which I think makes them even funnier. So I did something similar, talking about the 10 rules, kind of the 10 stereotypes of being a Dolphins fan for Dolphins fans. I don't want this to be something outside that other teams can make fun of us for. This is our own deal. And I wrote down these 10 rules. If you guys want to tell me your rules on Twitter, please go ahead and do so. I'm not going to go over all 10 of them. You have to check out LockedOnDolphins.com to get all of them. I will start with my favorite one, I think, that I put up there. That I'm probably as guilty of anybody in doing this. And it is rule number seven, I believe it is. Everyone in the national media is biased. We never went to the moon. 9-11 was a government ploy to gain support for war in the Middle East. And ESPN definitely only hires those with a disdain for the Dolphins. They're like, totally out to get you, man. After all, ESPN is headquartered in the heart of enemy territory. Nothing takes precedence more than slandering the irrelevant team from the southern tip of Florida. Quote, we break from LeBron watch to bring you this. The Dolphins suck. End quote. That's rule number seven right there up on LockdownDolphins.com. And another one I wanted to get to was rule number eight, the very next one. You weep every time you hear the name Greg Camarillo. And then I put the quote in there from, I believe it was Kevin Harlan that had the call. Third and eight, four receivers, including Camarillo for Cleo Lemon. It's caught by Camarillo. It's a foot race with Windborne. Miami has won. Miami has won. As we all embarked on that journey together and just reveled in that moment for whatever it was worth getting our first victory of the season going to 1-15 while the irony of harboring the NFL's only unbeaten team and at the time would have been the only winless team for me would have been very rich and just hilarious you're also proud of the fact that the Dolphins did not achieve that feat owner Wayne Huizenga was each one of us that day thrilled that the Dolphins' number of victories that year matched the number of trips the earth made around the sun. So that's kind of an idea what I'm going for there. Trying my best at humor. 
I'm not really much of a comedian writer, or com- a comedic writer, I should say. I obviously go for more of the film stuff, but you guys can check that out. It is June after all, trying to get some content for you guys here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. And speaking of that, that is going to wrap up this podcast. We have softball tonight. As I record this episode on Wednesday, we are 8-2 and two, heading into the second half of the season. We had the break last week, coming back this week, trying to get through the second half schedule, hopefully undefeated this time around, and heading into the playoffs at 18-2. and two. But that will do it for Dolphins Talk. We'll go ahead and close you guys out here with some Nine Inch Nails. That's not depressing music. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you are there. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And follow our flagship show at LockedOnNFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for your daily written Dolphins content needs. You guys have a terrific rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.